don't I? We're not a butcher shop or a hardware store. We're a perfumery, and that means we're, we're... We're stylish. That's it. With a quiet dignity. Yes, and we get the tilt of our hats right. That's right. When I ride my bike, people see what Marichek's like, so I think it's very important that I look my best. Here comes Miss Ritter. Miss Ritter. Good morning. Good day. How are you this glorious day? Have you seen a lovelier morning? Never. It's too nice a day to be inside shuffling soap. I have no more energy whatsoever. Does anybody mind if I take the day off? Arpad, why aren't you old enough to take me away from all this? I'm old enough. Then marry me and I'll quit my job. I guess you're really not quite old enough. Here's Mr. Kudai. Good morning, good day. How are you this radiant day? What a rare, magnificent morning. Is it? Good morning, my dear. How are you this ravishing day? Do you know you've never looked more exquisite? Thank you, kind sir. What a lovely dress. It's the same one she had on yesterday, Mr. Kadai. Ah, Mr. Novak. Good morning. Good, Good day. day. Isn't that a beautiful sky? What a perfect sample of summer weather. It's too nice a day to be indoors counting out change. What a waste of holiday weather all together. Let's all run away. Wouldn't it be something if we all took off from work? Leaving Mr. Marichek without a single clerk. Why not have a picnic? I could bring my wife's preserves. Champagne might be nice with hot or dirt. It's too nice to stay. We're stuck inside of a store. We could all be getting our faces. Sometimes. It's so nice to say to be dozing under a tree. And we'll all be out of a job. If it costs that much to get suntanned, I'll stay untanned. Pale but solvent. A picnic. A picnic. Oh, well. Hi, I'm Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theater. Opening at the Eugene O'Neill Theater, April 23, 1963, with a book by Joe Masteroff, music by Jerry Bach, and lyrics by Sheldon Harnick, the Broadway musical She Loves Me has become what's known as a cult favorite amongst audiences throughout the decades since its debut.
The story is based on the 1937 play Parfumery by Mikolos Laszlo. The romantic comedy premiered at the Pest Theater in Budapest in 1937, and shortly after, Laszlo came to New York. The play was adapted for the Ernst Lubitsch motion picture The Shop Around the Corner in 1940, starring Margaret Sullivan, James Stewart, and Frank Morgan. A few years after that, it was remade as the 1949 film musical In the Good Old Summertime, starring Judy Garland, Van Johnson, and S.Z. Zakal, with a score credited to a variety of composers and lyricists. In 1963, the play was adapted as an original Broadway musical called She Loves Me, and was nominated for five Tony Awards, including Best Musical, with actor Jack Cassidy winning for Best Performance by a Featured Actor in a Musical. The screenplay of The Shop Around the Corner was at least twice presented on the air during the golden age of radio. The film's original stars, Margaret Sullivan, James Stewart, and Frank Morgan, reprised their roles on the September 29, 1940 episode of the Screen Guild Theater. But what we have for you today is one of those exquisite delights frequently experienced on radio when equally noteworthy stars stepped into roles created by other actors. In this case, Claudette Colbert and Donna Michi playing the characters originally created by Sullivan and Stewart on screen, and actor Felix Bressert, also from the film, recreating his role of Pirovich, for some reason changed to Peters for the radio. Being the non-musical version of what would become the Broadway musical She Loves Me, as with our opening today, we'll be peppering in songs from that beloved original cast album throughout today's program. Here on the June 23, 1941 episode of Lux Radio Theater is The Shop Around the Corner. Lux presents Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater brings you Claudette Colbert and Don Amici in The Shop Around the Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. In the summer, your producer's fancy lightly turns to thoughts of Don Amici and Claudette Colbert. Summer arrived officially day before yesterday at 11.34 a.m., so we've got Claudette and Don right here tonight. Since they were also right here last year about this time, I suggest we consider them a sign of the season, like the ball game on the corner lot or the first picnic. You'll hear these two stars in the shop around the corner, adapted from the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer picture success. The play has an air of goodwill to it, a gay mood of laughter and romance that few motion pictures have matched. It's a story of a little group of people who work together in a certain little shop around the corner, a kind of world in itself, where there's a share of good and bad luck for everyone. Usually, of course, the shop around any corner is where you get Lux Flakes. <laughs> but we had a letter the other day from a woman who didn't take any chances on finding it that close. She was going to Liberia, West Africa, so she prudently took some along. And it pretty nearly got her the reputation of being a witch doctor. A few weeks ago, she writes, 
I decided to have a bedspread washed, so I took it and a box of Lux to the native washman. When he saw me put the Lux flakes in the water and just swish them around, you should have seen his face. Then I put a few flakes on his hand and then a little water and told him to rub his hands. He did, and when the suds appeared, he thought it was white man's magic. That's a good thing to know if you ever go to West Africa. But you'll find the magic of Lux Flakes just as useful right here at home. And now the magic of radio brings you the shop around the corner, starring Claudette Colbert as Karen and Don Amici as Martin, with Felix Bressart as Peters. And here's the curtain for the first act. <laughs> The firm of Matelcheck and Company, Novelties and Leather Goods, has been doing business in the same location for 35 years. It's not a large store, nor is it small. Its merchandise is not cheap, nor is it expensive. This is just an ordinary everyday shop, and its clerks are ordinary everyday people. At 8.55 each morning, they stand behind the counters, dusting the goods and gossiping. At 9 sharp, they snap quickly to attention as Mr. Matelcheck enters the front door and in a ringing voice delivers his first order of the day. Joey! Uh, yes, Mr. Matichek. Joey, run across the street and get me some bicarbonate of soda. Yes, Mr. Matichek. Good morning, Lily. Good morning, Mr. Matichek. Good morning, Miss Baker. Good morning, Mr. Matichek. Uh, good morning, Mr. Peters. Good morning, Mr. Matichek. Good morning, Mr. Harvey. Oh, good morning, Mr. Matichek. Uh, good morning, Mr. Martin. Good morning, sir. Uh, Mr. Martin, I'd like to see you in a few minutes on a very important matter. Yes, sir, any time you say. Why, Martin, won't be long now. What do you mean? Well, I hear you had dinner with Mr. Matichek and his wife last night. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, and now this morning he wants to see you about something important. You'll be the manager pretty soon. Oh, I don't know. Say, Peters, hmm? want to hear something nice? Uh, you're not the manager yet. No, 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 no. It's a letter from a girl. Oh, girl. Yeah, uh, listen to this, listen. My heart was trembling as I walked into the post office, and there you were lying in box 237. I took you out of your envelope and read you. Read you right there. Oh, my dear friend. What, what is I, all this? Well, you see, I was looking through the ads in the Sunday paper, and I ran across one that said, uh, here, here, I'll show you. See? A modern girl wishes to correspond on cultural subjects anonymously with intelligent, sympathetic young men. That's me. Address, dear friend, box 237. Uh, I know those ads. The papers are full of them. How long has this been going on? Well, we, we've exchanged four letters. And Peter, oh. she, she's no ordinary girl. Uh, listen, here on uh, page eight, she says... Uh, oh, here. Uh. Are you tall or short? Are your eyes brown or blue? Don't tell me what does it matter so long as our minds meet. Oh, you are right. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then she says, there are so many great and beautiful things to discuss in this world of ours. It would be wasting these precious moments if we told each other the vulgar details of how we earn our daily bread. I agree with you when you say, uh, she means me, uh. what are men and women for but to rise above the stupid necessities of the eight-hour day? Mm. You said that? Sure. You see, I, uh, yes, Mr. Matichek? Uh. Martin, I can get five dozen more of these cigarette boxes from Nichols Brothers. <laughs> what do you think of it? I think it's great. You see, you open it up like this. No, Mr. Matichek, that's not for us. Uh, you haven't even listened to it. It plays Ochichonia. Well, even if it played Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, I'd still say no. I don't like the whole idea. It's wonderful how quickly you can make up your mind. I've been in this business for 35 years, and it took me a whole hour to decide that I like it. But I guess you're a genius. Uh, Harvey. Uh, yes, Mr. Matichek. Uh, listen, uh, what do you think of this? Look. 
Now, now, I want your honest opinion. Don't let me influence you. Hear that? <laughs> That's a very popular classic. Well, Miss Baker? I, um, I think people who smoke cigarettes and who love to hear old Chichornia will like it. Harvey, what do you think? I'd even go further. I think it'll make music lovers out of cigarette smokers and cigarette smokers out of music lovers. I think it's sensational. Well, Mr. Martin? I still think it's terrible. Give me one reason. All right. Let's say a man smokes uh, 20 cigarettes a day. So he opens the box 20 times, and 20 times he has to listen to Ochichornia. And besides that, it's imitation leather and cheap glue. In two weeks, the whole thing will come apart, and all you have left is Ochichornia. I know it. I know it's an imitation leather. You don't have to tell me. You just sell things and let me do the buying. Excuse me, Mr. Matichek. Nichols Brothers are on the phone. Mm, I'll take it here. Yes, sir. Hello, Nichols? This is Matichek. Cancel the rest of those cigarette boxes. They're terrible. <laughs> Well, good morning, madam. Good morning. Anything I can do for you? We're having a sale on purses today. Well, to tell you the truth, I didn't want to buy anything. Oh, well, that's perfectly all right. If you want to look around, just make yourself at home. Thank you. I wonder if I could see Mr. Matichek. Well, Mr. Matichek is very busy at the moment. If you'd tell me what you wanted, I'm sure I could take care of you. Well, I noticed in the window that you're having a summer sale. Oh, yes, yes, madam. Everything is reduced 25%. Really? That's wonderful. I guess you'll do a big business. Oh, there's no question about it. We'll probably have such a big rush, we won't be able to take care of the customers. Then you ought to have some extra help. Oh, we probably will. In that case, maybe you can use me. I'm looking for a job. Yeah. Uh, what's the idea of letting me go through this whole routine, hmm? Oh, well, I'm terribly sorry. I didn't mean to. Do you think you could help me to get a job here? I wish I could, but there isn't a chance. But you just told me you'd need some extra help because of the rush. Look, look around for yourself. You can see what kind of business we're doing. Every half hour, another customer rushes in. Well, listen, I've had a lot of experience. Yeah, but I know the situation here. I worked I... for two years at Blake and Company, and I left of my own accord, and before that, I was with Blayton Brothers for ten months. Now, listen, if it were up to me, I'd put you to work, but I'm not the boss. So... Well, then why don't you let me see him? Because he's in a very bad mood today. I'll take a chance. Maybe I can cheer him up. Now, listen, madam, I've been here nine years. I know Mr. Matichek inside and out. I know exactly what his attitude would be. I can tell you word for word exactly what he'd say. Mr. Martin, he... come here. Now, you see what you've done? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Martin. Uh, yeah, coming, Mr. Matichek. So, so, Mr. Martin, you know every reaction of mine, eh? You know exactly what I think, even before I think it. You're not only a genius, you're, you're a mind reader. But, Mr. Matichek... Never mind now, I'll take care of this customer. But, Mr. Matichek... Quiet! Good morning, madam. I'm Mr. Matichek. Oh, good morning, Mr. Matichek. Uh, please have a seat. Thank you. Mr. Matichek, I was at Blake & Company. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find much nicer things at our shop. No, I, I mean I work there. I'm looking for a job. A job? You mean... Oh, no, 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 no. That's impossible. It's out of the question. Good day. Oh, but Mr. Matichek... I have no time, no time. I'm very busy. Mr. Matichek, please, I've got to have a job. And I'm good. I know merchandise. Really, I do. Please just give me a chance. Oh, so uh, you know merchandise. Uh, let me ask you something. Uh, would you buy a box like this? Well? Well, I couldn't buy anything at the moment. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I just wanted your opinion, your honest opinion. Uh, do you like it? Oh, yes, I do. It's marvelous. Why? Well, I think it's romantic. Romantic? What's romantic about it? Huh? Well, cigarettes and music. I don't know. It makes me think of uh, moonlight and 
and cigarettes and music. Dale Martin, there's the woman's point of view. But Mr. Matichek, she How would How much say... are you selling it for? Well, I'd say uh, uh, $4.25. That's a bargain. That's a real bargain. Oh, that's a candy box, isn't it? <laughs> no, madam. It's yes, a, madam. Uh, mm, mm. Yes, madam. That's a candy box. And I would say a very unusual one. Yes, I like it. How much is it? Watch, madam. It has a very distinctive feature. Well, you see? Is that coming out of this? Yes, madam, yes. It's O Chichonia, a very popular classic. Oh, no, that'll never do. Where do people get ideas like that? Can you imagine? Every time you take a piece of candy, you have to listen to that song. Oh, no. Oh, no, madam, wait, please. <laughs> I know just what you mean, madam. And yet, you see, some of our customers like it for the very thing you object to. Now, there's no denying we all have a weakness for candy. And when I say weakness, I don't mean to say anything against candy. I, I only mean we're inclined to overdo it a little. That's true, I suppose. Now, for instance, madam, have you any idea how many pieces of candy you eat a day? Well, no, I never gave it a thought. <laughs> but I am taking on weight. <laughs> That's <laughs> just it. We pick up a piece of candy absentmindedly, and then we take another piece. And before we realize it, we've gained a pound or two. Don't I know it? Now, you see, this little box makes you candy conscious. That's what Matichek and Company designed it for. Every time you open it, this little song is a message to you, see? Too much candy, and I'll be careful. <laughs> well, how much is it? Uh, $5.50 reduced from $6.95. It's a real bargain. I'll take it. You can wrap it up while I look at these purses. Well, Mr. Matichek. <laughs> uh, what's your name, young lady? Smith, Karen Smith. Miss <laughs> Smith, you may report for work tomorrow morning. Oh, thank you. Mr. Martin here will show you the ropes. Yes, of course. Or perhaps uh, you can show him. <laughs> Help the needy. Help the needy. Christmas dinner for the needy. Yeah, late this morning, Martin. No, it's only ten out. Morning, Martin. Hello, Peters. Hello. Morning, Mr. Harvey. Oh, say, Martin, can you come to the house tonight? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, Peters. I have a big dinner date tonight. Oh, with the boss again? No, no, he doesn't invite me anymore. Say, how do you figure him out? Well, I give up. It's certainly difficult to get along with him these days. He hardly talks to me anymore. You know what I think? I think he's having trouble with his wife. Who is? Matichek? Uh, I wasn't talking to you, Harvey. You said Matichek was having trouble with his wife? I, I didn't say that at all. I only Never said... mind, Peters. Go on, Harvey. You've got work to do, haven't you? <laughs> sure. We all have. Uh, I don't like that fellow. Say, we better get this counter dusted before Matichek gets here. No, I do it, Martin. No, we'll both do it. Uh, say, Peters, hmm? you mind if I ask you a personal question? No, go ahead. Now, this is uh, very confidential. Peters, suppose a fellow like me wants to get married... Oh, well, that's wonderful. Who is the girl? Now, listen, I only said suppose. Oh. Now, look, uh, how, how much does it cost you to live? Just uh, you and Mrs. Peters leaving out the children. Oh, why fool yourself? <laughs> well, let's, let's say temporarily. How, how much does it cost? Huh? Oh, it, it can be done, and very nicely. Naturally, you can't be extravagant. No. Well, suppose a fellow took a three-room apartment, kitchen, living room, and bedroom. What do you eat? In the kitchen. You get a nice big kitchen. Well, then where do you entertain? Entertain? What are you, an ambassador? Listen, if someone is really your friend, he comes after dinner. Uh, good morning. Well, uh, good morning, Miss Smith. Morning. Morning. 
Oh, uh, uh, Miss Smith. Yes, uh, Mr. Martin? I noticed you wore a yellow blouse with light green dots yesterday. As usual, you're mistaken, Mr. Martin. It was a green blouse with light yellow dots, and everybody else thought it was very becoming. Now, listen. And I, I don't remember that I ever remarked about your neckties. And believe me, Mr. Martin, if you think I couldn't say anything about them, just ask Mr. Harvey. So please leave my blouse alone. It's none of your business. I'm sorry, but Mr. Matichek seems to think it is my business. Oh, yes, that's right. I'm working under you. Well, from now on, Mr. Martin, I'll telephone you every morning and describe just what I'm going to wear. And before I select my next season's wardrobe, my dressmaker will submit samples to you. Oh, imagine you dictating what I should wear. Now, you get this straight. I don't care what you wear. If you want to look like a pony in a circus, all right. But I have troubles of my own without your blouse coming between Mr. Matichek and me. Look, I sold as much goods yesterday as anybody in the place. $95 isn't bad for a rainy Friday three weeks before Christmas. Did you tell that to Mr. Matichek? I did. And what did he say? He said, tell her not to come in that blouse anymore. Tell him I won't. I will. Uh... What was I just saying, Peters? Uh, about your girl. Uh, who is she, Martin? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, remember that girl I was corresponding with? Oh, yes, about the cultural subjects. Uh, well, uh, after a while, we came to the subject of love. Uh, naturally, on a very cultural level. Uh, what else can you do in a letter? Uh... You know, uh, <laughs> Peter, she, she's the most marvelous girl in the world. Uh, is she pretty? She, she has such ideals, Peter. She's so, so far above the girls you meet today that there, there's simply no comparison. I see. She's not pretty. Well, what's the difference? As a matter of fact, I don't know whether she is or not. You see, I, I haven't met her yet. You haven't? No, I keep on oh. postponing it. I'm scared, Peters. You see, this girl thinks I'm the most wonderful person in the world, and after all, there's a chance she might be disappointed. Yes, there's a chance. On the other hand, you might be disappointed, too. Oh, no. No, I won't. I'm as sure of that as I am my own name. Peters, I'm meeting her tonight for dinner. Where? In a restaurant on 8th Street. Uh, I suppose you're going to wear a red carnation, huh? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, and she's going to have one as a bookmark and a copy of Tolstoy's Anna Karenina. Gee, you know, I haven't slept for days. <laughs> What's her name? I don't even know that. I just call her Dear Friend or Dear Box 237. Oh, Dear Box 237. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she'll be beautiful. Well, not too beautiful. What chance would there be for a fellow like me? Uh, what do you want? A homely girl? No. Not good for just a lovely average girl. It's all I want. Mm -hmm. Good morning. Oh, morning, Mr. Oh, morning, morning, Mr. Matthews. I just want to tell you our window looks terrible. There isn't a store on the street that doesn't look better. It's a wonder we get any customers. Everybody will have to stay tonight to redecorate. Stay. Tonight of all nights. There goes your date with box 237. Yeah. Hand me those belts, Joy, will you? Belong up here on the shelf. Okay. <laughs> Say, Mr. Martin, do you think I have to work tonight, too? After all, I'm a child. No, you don't have to say tonight. No kidding? I'll straighten it out with Mr. Manichek. Oh, gee, thanks. May I help you, Mr. Martin? No, thank you, Miss Smith. There's no trouble at all. I'd like to. Yesterday, I put all the imported bags on the shelf over there. Mm-hmm. Is that the way you wanted it, Mr. Martin? Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you like it. If there's anything wrong, I'd appreciate it if you'd tell me. Since when are you so interested in my idea of what's right or wrong? Well, I like to please you, Mr. Martin. After all, I'm working under you. You know, you don't have to keep harping on that. Oh, no, I, I, did, I don't mean it that way at all. Regardless of what I think of you personally, I believe that anybody who works with you and doesn't get a great deal out of it is just dumb. Just what do you mean, what you think of me personally? Well, since you ask, I'd say no matter what can be said against you, I think you're a gentleman. Well, I try to be. 
Mr. Martin, you don't realize what that means to a working girl. Oh, what a girl has to go through in some shops. Well, for instance, when I worked at Booten Brothers and Sons, well, the sons were all right, but the brothers, oh. And that's why I like it here. You, you see, when you say, Miss Smith, let's go in the stock room and put some belts on the shelf, you really want to put some belts on the shelf. And that's my idea of a gentleman. Well, I just don't believe in mixing belts of pleasure. You know, this is the first time you've shown a little sense. Maybe there's hope for you after all. Oh, thank you, Mr. Martin. Oh, uh, uh, I almost forgot. Would it be possible, I mean, uh, Mr. Martin, do you think you could spare me tonight? Then maybe Mr. Matichek would let me off. Oh, so that's why I'm a gentleman. That's why you learned so much from me all of a sudden. Hmm? Well, I'm sure I don't know what you mean. You just want to get off early, huh? I have to, Mr. Well, you're Martin. out of luck. What a cheap trick that was, and I nearly fell for it, too. Mr. Martin, I have to get off tonight. It's terribly important. For six months, you've done everything you could to antagonize me, and now you have the nerve to well, come in Well, you here. haven't been very nice to me. No matter what I do, it's wrong. If I wrap a package, it's not the right way. If I make a suggestion, and some of them are very good, you don't even listen. Everything has to be done exactly your way, and even then you don't like it. When I came into this place, I was full of life and enthusiasm and... Well, now I'm nothing. You've taken all my personality away. But let me tell you something. Any day now, I may be in a position where I won't have to work in a, anymore. And, Mr. Martin, I'll really tell you then what I think of you. Mr. Martin, I don't like you. Karen. Karen, what's the matter? Oh, he won't let me off. And I've got to get away early tonight. I've, I've just got to. Uh, I have a date. It's the most important thing that ever happened to me in all my life. I know. The boy you told me about. What was his name? That's what makes it so awful. I don't even know his name. I just call him Box 237. In a moment, you'll hear Act Two of The Shop Around the Corner, starring Don Amici, Claudette Colbert, and Felix Bressart. Oh, Sally... You have a story for us during our brief intermission, haven't you? Yes, Mr. Roick. Let's pretend we can all fly wherever we will, swiftly yet invisibly. Here we are then on a warm June evening near the front porch of a pretty little home somewhere in America. There's a young man sitting on the porch with his wife. Gosh, you look swell tonight, Joni. And me, an old married woman. This dress, isn't it the one you wore that evening when... What evening, silly? Well, it was a pink dress anyway, like this one, and when I saw you in it, it took my breath away. And when you got it back? Why, then I begged for the job of buying your dresses all my life. How often a charming dress plays its part in romance. That's something every woman knows, isn't it? And now that we have wonderful new quick luxe flakes, it's so easy to keep dresses dainty and lovely looking so that you always seem appealing. New quick luxe, you know, is safe care for every color of fabric that's safe in water alone. The gentle luxe suds swiftly float away soil, perspiration, leave your pretty dresses fresh and charming. That's something that almost every woman knows too, Libby. Of course it is, because twice as many women use new quick luxe flakes for nice dresses as use any other flakes, chips, or beads. And here's a hint about warm weather. Be sure to luxe dresses often, for even a hint of perspiration can drive romance away. Thank you, Libby. Now, our producer, Mr. DeMille. Act two of The Shop Around the Corner, starring Don Amici as Martin and Claudette Colbert as Karen, with Felix Bressart 
as Peters. It's later the same day. Mr. Matuchek's temperature has risen with each passing hour, for six of his employees have asked for the evening off. Now Martin is the unlucky seventh, and Mr. Matuchek hits the boiling point. Do you mean that you want the evening off too, Martin? Well, yes, Mr. Matuchek. What I... is this? Does everybody want to leave? Once a year, I asked you to stay here. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Matuchek. If I'd only known yesterday, I, I could see, have... you want a special invitation. Next time, I'll send you an engraved announcement. Mr. Matuchek, this is the first time in years that I've asked a favor. I, I think you're being unjust. I'm being unjust? Once a year, I ask seven ladies and gentlemen, seven, mind you, when next door, a shop twice as big as mine employs only four, and, uh... <laughs> Good afternoon, madam. Is there anything I can show you? Have you traveling bags for men? Oh, with a zipper? Oh, yes, madam, yes. We have every type of traveling bag in the zipper. Thank you so much. I'm just doing a little window shopping for my husband. He'll be here tomorrow. I'd be delighted to serve your husband. Thank you. Good afternoon. Seven ladies and gentlemen, I ask one day in a year to be so kind as to redecorate a window, and you have the nerve, Mr. Martin, the oldest employee in the place, who should Mr. set Maddox, an example. You spoke to me like this yesterday. What did I do? The whole week you've treated me like this without any reason at all. Without any reason? Maybe I have more reason than you think. Well, it's obvious that you're not satisfied with me. You can draw your own conclusion. In that case, there's only one thing to do. Maybe we'd better call it a day. Maybe we'd better. Miss Baker will see that you get your check. Thank you. Mr. Matichek, there's someone on your private phone. Uh, I'll take it in my office. Hello? Mr. Matichek? Yes? This is the Kane Detective Agency. We have that information about your wife. Oh, well, uh, well, don't tell me on the phone. Uh, come over to my shop, please. What time, Mr. Matichek? Oh, uh, come now, please. I I'll be waiting. Mr. Peters. Yes, Mr. Matichek. Uh, tell everyone they may go home. We'll do the windows tomorrow. Sit down, please. Thank you. Well, it's it's true about my wife? I'm afraid so, Mr. Matichek. Now, here we have the complete record from our operatives, two of our most reliable men. Uh, go on. Report on Mrs. Emma Matichek. On December 6th, Mrs. Matichek left her apartment at 845. She walked two blocks up to 10th Street. There, Mrs. Matichek was joined by a young man. A young man? Yes, your suspicions were correct, Mr. Matichek. The man was one of your own employees. I know. He's been to my house for dinner. He's been working for me almost ten years. Ten years? That's funny. Our report says only four. Martin has been here ten years in January. Martin? But the young man your wife met is named Harvey. What's that? Francis W. Harvey, 464 Hill Street. Oh, then I see. Uh, uh, let me have that report, please. Yes, sir. Twenty-two years we've been married. Twenty-two years I was proud of my wife. Well, she didn't want to grow old with me. If you'll send me your bill, I'll, I'll take care of it immediately. Yes, Mr. Manichek. Good night. Uh, good night. Is this a restaurant where you were going to meet her? Yeah. Go ahead, Peters. Go on in. Uh, why don't you go in? I really think you should keep your date. No, I haven't got the heart. Not after what happened today. I was going to get married. Now I haven't even got a job. 
Peters, do me a favor and deliver my note, please. All right. Hey, look, uh, Peters, mm. I don't want to know what she looks like. If she's homely, I've had enough bad news for one day. If she's lovely, it'll make it so much more difficult, so don't tell me. No, I won't. Now, what's the name of that book again? Anna Karenina and a Red Carnation is a bookmark. Ah, wait. Uh, maybe I'd better look in the window first. You stand over that way, out of sight. Well, you see her? No, not yet. Oh, see, there's a beautiful girl. Really? Hmm, very beautiful, but no book. Oh. Oh, there's another girl. But wait a minute. I think I see the book. Right here under the window. Yes, Anna Karenina by Tolstoy. And the carnation. Go on, go on. I can't see her face. She's sitting behind that rack. Uh, wait, there, there's a cup of coffee on the table. She's taking a case of tea, piece, piece, of, piece of cake. Martin, she's dunking. Well, why shouldn't she? All right. She's leaning forward now. Martin, she... Oh. Yeah. Can, you, can you see her? Yes, I see her. Is she pretty? Very pretty. Oh, she is. Huh? Mm, yes. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say she looks, she, she has a little of the coloring of, of Karen. Karen? Hmm? You, mean, you mean Karen Smith, Miss hmm? Smith in the store? Now, now, Martin, you will have to admit that Karen is a good-looking girl. And personally, I've always found her a very likable girl. Oh, this is a fine time to be talking about Miss Smith. Well, if you don't like Miss Smith, I can tell you right now, you're not going to like this girl either. Well, why? Because, because it is Miss Smith. Uh. <laughs> No. It can't be. No, Peter. Well, no. look for yourself. Miss Smith. What? what the, this is horrible. Yeah. Give me that note. What are you going to do? Let that poor girl wait in there? Well, why shouldn't Miss Smith wait? For six months, she's fought with me every day. But still, she wrote those letters. Oh, well, that's my misfortune. Well, I'm, I'm going back to the shop. I've got some things to do. Uh, goodbye, Mark. Yeah, goodbye, Peters. Excuse me, miss. Can I take this chair? Oh, no, don't, please. I, I'm expecting somebody, waiter. He'll be here any minute. Okay. <laughs> Red carnation, huh? <laughs> yes. Two nights ago, we had a case with roses. Turned out very nice. Very nice. But once, about three months ago, we had a sad case with gardenias. She waited all night and nobody came. Oh, really? She must have felt terrible. Well, that's life, you know. You have to expect things like that. Yes, of course you do. Oh. Waiter, isn't your clock a little fast? My watch says only 8.27. Oh, listen, you got nothing to worry about. A pretty girl like you, if he doesn't come, I'll put on a carnation myself. <laughs> Hello, Miss Smith. Huh? Oh, good evening, Mr. Martin. What a coincidence. I had an appointment here. You uh, haven't seen Mr. Peters by any chance, have you? No, I haven't. Well, guess I'll wait. Do uh, you mind if I sit down? Oh, yes, yes, I do mind. Well, what's the matter? Oh, please, Mr. Martin, will you go to some other table? I have an appointment, too. Oh, really? Well, who are you meeting? Now, please don't be sarcastic. I, I realize you've had a bad day, Mr. Martin, and you probably feel very bitter. Bitter? About leaving Matichek and company? Listen, I could have another job like that. Oh, well, in that case, there's no use wasting sympathy on you. Good night, Mr. Martin. Listen, you don't have to feel sorry for me. Mr. Martin, I, I said good night. Please. 
Well, what are you so nervous about? I'm not nervous. Do I look nervous? I should say you do. Well, I'm not. <gasps> you, uh, just knocked over the water. Well, it's just an accident. Yeah, I'll mop it up for you. Mr. Martin, it's will no you please... trouble at all. That's better. Oh, I see you're reading Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, huh? Yes. Anything against it? Oh, no, no, no. I never expected to meet you in a cafe with Tolstoy. I didn't know you went in for high literature. There are a lot of things you don't know about me, Mr. Martin. Yes? Well, there are a lot of things you don't know about me, Miss Smith. You know, people seldom go to the trouble of scratching the surface of things to find out the inward truth. <laughs> Mr. Martin, I wouldn't care to scratch your surface. Because I know exactly what I'd find. A handbag instead of a heart, a suitcase instead of a soul, and instead of an intellect, a cigarette lighter that doesn't work. Oh, that's very well put. Comparing my intellect with a cigarette lighter that doesn't work is, is such an interesting mixture of poetry and, and meanness. Meanness? Well, now, now, don't misunderstand me, Miss Smith. I was just on the verge of paying you a compliment. Oh, please, Mr. Martin. I told you I was expecting somebody. Well, that's all right. As soon as he comes, I'll leave. <sighs> Look... Look, Mr. Martin, I'd better warn you, this person is jealous. Oh. Very jealous, mm. yes. And if you insist on staying here, I will not be responsible for anything that may happen. I hope you understand what I mean. Sure. Uh, listen, just in case your party doesn't show up, would I... Uh, I mean, well, if he should stand you up or something... Oh, don't he... worry about that. This party will show up. Ah, <laughs> well, well, so he came, huh? Will you have a menu, sir? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I told her not to but... worry. Pretty girl like her. Uh, waiter, this is not the gentleman I was expecting. Oh, no? No, and I don't want him sitting here at all. Will you please ask him to take some other table? What's the idea, mister? All right, all right. Uh, is, uh, is that next table taken? No. Yeah, well, then I'll sit over here. Cup of coffee, please. I'm sorry, miss. Oh, it's all right. Uh, just as long as he doesn't sit at my table. And I'll keep an eye out for that carnation. Thanks. Tell me, have you read Zola's Madame Bovary? Madame Bovary is not by Zola. Will you please go away? Now, look, Miss Smith. Oh, what are what? you trying to do? Ruin my evening? What have I ever done to you? Why do you hate me so? I don't hate you. Oh, I suppose you love me. No, why should I? What have you ever done to make me love you? I don't want you to love me. Well, I don't. You know what that song reminds me of? Yes, thank you. Two dozen unsold cigarette boxes. No, you're wrong again. It reminds me of a girl who was looking for a job. And a very nice girl, I thought. Oh, really? How you've changed. That was before you began to make fun of me, giving imitations of me in the locker room. And I want to take this opportunity, Miss Smith, to inform you that I am not bow-legged. Aren't you? No, I'm not. Oh, I have information to the contrary. Mr. Harvey told me you have your trousers specially made. That's a lie. I've never been to a tailor in my life. And if you think I'm bow-legged, you come out on the sidewalk with me and I'll pull up my trouser legs. Don't you dare. How would you like it if I made remarks about your hands being red? That's exactly what you did yesterday. Yes, yes, but only after you made fun of my legs. And they aren't red at all. No, not anymore after I called your attention to them. And let me tell you something else, Miss Smith. You may have beautiful thoughts, but you, you certainly hide them. So far as your actions are concerned, you're cold and snippy like an old maid. And you'll have an awful tough time trying to make any man fall in love with you. <laughs> oh, Mr. Martin, you're getting funnier every minute. <sighs> I could show you a few letters that might open your eyes. No, maybe not. No, you probably wouldn't understand what's in them. They're written by a type of man so far above you that it's ridiculous. I have to laugh when I think of you calling me an old maid. <laughs> you, well, you little insignificant clerk. All right, that does it. 
Goodbye, Anna Karenina. Goodbye. Martin, wait, Martin, Matt. Peters, what's the matter? What's wrong? I, I just went to the shop. They, they took Mr. Matuszek away in the ambulance. What? He, he tried to commit suicide. Mr. Matuszek, are, are you all right? I think I will be. Is sit down, Martin. And I want to thank you for coming. Oh, no, I... As soon as I heard, I... Uh, I... Martin, do you remember when you were at my house for dinner the last time? I told you if things go well, I might take it easier. And maybe by Christmas, make you manager of the shop. Well, now I have to take it easier. Uh, would you care to work for me again after... Mr. Matichek, don't, don't even think about it. That, that's all over. Is it possible that I ever distrusted you, Martin? I hated you. I couldn't stand your presence anymore. That's how far jealousy can drive a man. Jealousy? I, I don't know what you mean. When I first got that anonymous letter, I, I laughed at it. My wife having secret rendezvous with one of my employees. But you can't throw a letter like that away. It stays with you, every word. But how could you suspect me? I know now that it was Harvey. But you see, you were the only one from the shop who came to my home. You, you sent flowers to my wife. Well, I was only you doing... You don't have to tell me. But if this poison once gets into your mind, uh, please try to understand. Sure, I, I understand. Martin, here are the keys to Matichek and company. Thank you. Uh, what'll I do about Harvey? Harvey? I want him very quietly dismissed. Quietly dismissed. Yes, sir, I'll, uh, I'll take care of it, Mr. Matichek. What do you mean I'm fired? You hear me? Get out! Don't push! Don't go push! On, go on, beat it! What right have you got to fire me anyway? Does Mr. Matichek know about this? Mr. Matichek has nothing to do with it. I'm the manager and you don't work here anymore. Oh, so you're the manager. How do I know you're the manager? Prove it. Show it to me in black and white. Oh, you want it in black and white, do you? Well, you're going to get it in black and blue. Oh, yeah? Well, how do you like this? I'll show you. Martin, you have knocked him out. <laughs> Peters, you, you enjoy throw him out of here. Go on, go on. I got his legs. Peters, the back way and, and do it, do it quietly. Uh. Mr. Matichek doesn't want any fuss. Uh. Miss Smith, you, you wait here. Watch his head, Joey. Why? He wouldn't feel it. Well, Miss Smith, I suppose you're kind of surprised to see me back, huh? Naturally, I'm <clears throat> glad you have your job again. Congratulations. Miss Baker tells me you, you weren't feeling well this morning. No, that's all right, thank you. You look worn out. Anything uh, go wrong last night? I tell you, I'm all right. Where's Mr. Matichek? I want to see him. Well, he's uh, right here. I'm Mr. Matichek. Oh, Mr. Martin, don't make any jokes. Not today. And if you have to pick on me, make it some other time. I, I want to talk to Mr. Matichek. Would it really be so terrible if I were the boss and you had to talk to me? Will you please stop it? My nerves are at the breaking point. 
Miss Smith, I'm, I'm simply trying to tell you that... Haven't you any heart at all? Can't you say I'm sick? I can hardly see straight the, the, the room. Everything's turning around. And in this state of mind, I ask you a simple question. And instead of having any consideration for me, you deliberately try to frighten me. Now stop it. Martin, I didn't have any chance to say it before. Congratulations. For what, Mr. Peters? Well, don't you know? Martin's a manager. The... the manager... Miss Smith. She fainted. Yeah, uh, Peter, Peters, get some water. Quick, quick. Water, water. Hurry it up. Karen. Karen, are you all right? Oh, darling, look at me. Karen, Karen, darling. Oh, you poor kid. Karen. Oh, what happened? I, uh, nothing much, Miss Smith. You, uh, you just fainted. We pause now for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Hi, this is Porchlight Music Theater's Operations Associate, Kelly Buffington. If you value programming like this, please consider making a donation today at porchlightmusictheater.org. We appreciate your consideration and hope you enjoy the show. Well, 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 wonders never cease. I didn't like her. Didn't like her. I couldn't stand her. Couldn't stand her. I wouldn't have her. I never knew her. But now I do, and I could, and I would, and I know. She loves me, and to my amazement, I love it, knowing that she loves me. She loves me, true she doesn't show it. How could she, when she doesn't know it? Yesterday she loathed me, bah! Now today she likes me, ha! And tomorrow, tomorrow... Ah, my teeth ache from the urge to touch her. I'm speechless, for I mustn't tell her. It's wrong now, but it won't be long now. Discovers that she and I are lovers. Imagine how surprised she's bound to be. She loves me. She loves me. I love her. Isn't that a wonder? I wonder why I didn't want her. I want her, that's the thing that matters And matters are improving daily Yesterday I loathed her, bah! Now today I love her, ha! And tomorrow, tomorrow ah, I'm tingling, such delicious tingles I'm trembling, what the hell does that mean? 
I'm freezing, that's because it's cold out But still I'm incandescent And like some adolescent I'd like to sprawl on every wall I see She loves me Mr. DeMille presents Act Three of The Shop Around the Corner, starring Claudette Colbert, Donna Michi, and Felix Bresseit, in just a moment. Now, I want to send a birthday message. Next Saturday, June 28th, is the big day, and I want to wish a very happy first birthday to Catherine, Clarence, and Richard George of Atlantic City, New Jersey. My goodness, Mr. Ruick, three birthdays all on the same day? You don't mean... I certainly do, Sally. They're triplets. Three of the cutest, brightest babies you ever saw. But my, they were tiny when they were born. Why, one of them weighed only two and a half pounds. Here's what their mother, Mrs. C.B. George Jr., says about them. Will you read it, Sally? Mm Mm-hmm. The triplets were such little mites, they needed extra special care. For months, they were wrapped in cotton wool. Their skins are so tender that I'm very careful about the way I wash their clothes, too. I use Lux Flakes for every single thing that touches them. Lux is so safe and gentle, I know it has nothing in it to irritate a baby's sensitive skin. That's something every mother can count on. Wonderful Lux purity. Mrs. George goes on to say, New quick Lux flakes are so fast, I get suds in a jiffy, and a little goes so far. It's thrifty, too. When you have as many as 60 diapers a day to wash, as well as rompers, dresses, 90s, and woolies, you can see that speed and thrift are important. Now, that's a fine tribute to Lux flakes, isn't it? And a well-deserved one, because new Quick Lux is a wonderful help to a busy mother. It's so gentle, safe for anything, safe in water. With Lux Care, soft, woolly shirts and blankets stay fluffy and unshrunken. Pretty dresses and bright-colored sunsuits stay fresh and new-looking longer. And best of all, there's nothing in new Quick Lux to irritate a baby's sensitive skin or to roughen a mother's hands. No harmful alkali of any kind. Give all baby things this superlatively gentle care. Now, Mr. DeMille returns to the microphone. The curtain rises on the third act of The Shop Around the Corner. Karen Smith has had no further letters from her unknown admirer, Box 237. This misfortune, combined with Martin's appointment as manager, has proved too much for her. So she's taken to her bed with a bad case of nerves. Now she has a visitor, none other than Mr. Martin, alias Box 237. Good evening, Miss Smith. Good evening. I hope you forgive the intrusion. How are you? I'm all right. You know, Christmas is coming soon, and we'll all miss a good worker like you, so you better get well. You see, I feel sort of responsible for this whole thing. You? Oh, no, it wasn't your fault at all. No, there's a much bigger reason, unfortunately. Miss Smith, don't, don't you think you ought to call a doctor? No, I, I don't need a doctor. My trouble is purely psychological. But it's my personal problem, and I'll come out of it. Well, I'm sorry. It's really a shame you have to go through all this. But as long as it's only psychological... Only you... psychological? Mr. Martin! Oh, really. It's true we're in the same room, but we are not in the same planet. Miss Smith, I must admire your way of expressing yourself. You certainly know how to put a man in his planet. Karen, dear. Yes, Grandma. Look, darling, 
I sent down to the post office. Oh, Grandma, tell me, was there a letter? Here, darling. It's a fat one, too. Oh, Mr. Martin, it was kind of you to drop in, but I don't want to spoil your evening. Oh, no, no, I have lots of time. Go ahead and read your letter. If you don't mind. Certainly not. Oh, I forgot to take care of the messenger boy. Will you excuse me, Mr. Martin? Certainly, certainly. <laughs> good news? Oh, very good news. Mr. Martin, I'm sure I'll be back to the shop tomorrow, and I, I can promise you I'll sell more goods than I ever sold before. Well, that's fine, fine. My, it's amazing what one little letter can do. <laughs> you know, if I weren't feeling so wonderful right now, I'd be pretty sore at you. At me? Why? You really spoiled my date last night. You see, this gentleman came to the cafe, looked into the window, saw us together, and he misunderstood. You mean he thought you and I were friends? He must have. <laughs> Listen to this. Um, tell me and be frank. Who was that very attractive young man? He's just the type women fall for. <laughs> now, isn't that marvelous? Yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sorry I uh, caused you so much trouble. Oh, no, I'll straighten that out. Let him be a little jealous. It won't hurt him. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't seem to be much of a man, though. He's afraid to come to a table because another man is there. Oh, he was not afraid. Oh. He, he's just tactful and sensitive. Oh. He's not the kind of man who would sit at a table uninvited. Oh. You see, it's difficult to explain a man like him to a man like you. Why, where you'd say black, he'd say white. Where, where you say ugly, he says beautiful. And where you'd say old maid, he says... Uh, wait here, listen. Eyes that sparkle with fire and mystery. Vivacious, fascinating. He says I make him think of gypsy music. Say, he, he's pretty smart. Oh, oh, speaking of gypsy music, we're still having some difficulty selling those Ochichonia boxes, aren't we? Oh, that doesn't matter. Mr. Martin, consider one box definitely sold. I just got an inspiration. I'm going to give it to my friend for Christmas. Oh, no. No, don't do that. <laughs> what? Uh, you're, you're taking an awful chance. Uh, look, why, why don't you give him a wallet? I know he'd be crazy about it. And we have those new imported pigskins. Oh, no, I'm not interested. Look. I'll make you a special price. No, I'm sorry. And, and another thing, a wallet is, is not only practical, it's, it's romantic. On one side, he carries your last letter. On the other side, your picture. And when he opens it, he finds you, and that's all the music he wants. Well, Mr. Martin, you surprised me. That's very well expressed. Oh, yes, I must admit, that's very nice. Well, <laughs> thank you. No, just the same, he's going to get the cigarette box. Oh. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mr. Matichek. Well, Merry Christmas to you, officer. I haven't seen you for quite a while, Mr. Matichek. Yes, yes, I'm supposed to be pretty sick, but it's Christmas Eve and I just couldn't stand it any longer. I'm going in and help. Well, take it easy, Mr. Matichek. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, look, Mabel, do you think Howie would like that briefcase? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Uh, pardon me. I can't see very well without my glasses. Can you tell me how much that briefcase is? Uh, $12.50. Only $12.50? Well, you certainly get exceptional values here. I wonder how Matichek and company does it. Well, if you don't know Mr. Matichek, who should? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my good friends, we have just had our biggest day since 1929. <laughs> you should be very proud. 
And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. When I was in the hospital, I, I read your little note over and over. I'm glad to know you missed me and hoped I would come back home again. You're right. This is my home. And only too seldom one realizes that the people he works with are his real friends. I, well, <laughs> there's no Christmas without a bonus. Am I right? <laughs> Miss Baker will pass out your checks, and then I want you all to go home and have a very, very merry Christmas. <laughs> Karen? No, I've still got to wrap this wallet. Do you like it, Mr. Peters? Oh, I think it's wonderful. Is this for, for that gentleman you told me about? Mm-hmm. I'm meeting him tonight for the first time. Isn't it exciting? Oh, yes, yes. I, I think it might be. Well, Merry Christmas, uh, uh, Karen. And I hope everything turns out just as you want it. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Mr. Peters. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Martin. Merry Christmas to you, Peters. Oh, Miss Smith, we're just about ready to close. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be through here in a second. What's all right. There's no hurry. Oh, present to somebody? Mm-hmm. I followed your advice, after all. It's the wallet. Oh, fine. Oh, uh, uh, want to see something? Here, look at this. I, uh, bought it for a very special friend. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, with stones in it. Right there, see? Oh, say, it's beautiful. I didn't know you had a girlfriend. Oh, No. Well, I never even suspected. I guess you think it's pretty funny that a girl would like somebody like me. Huh? Oh, now, Mr. Martin, don't let's start all over again. It's Christmas, and I'd like to be friends with you. A and besides, you're wrong. <laughs> Do you mind if I tell you something? No, not at all. Well, when I started to work here, something very strange happened to me. I got psychologically mixed up. Oh, you don't say. Mm-hmm. I found myself looking at you again and again. I, I just couldn't take my eyes off you. Oh, really? Yeah, and all the time I was saying to myself, Karen Smith, what's the matter with you? This Martin's not a particularly attractive man. Oh. I hope you don't mind. Oh, no, 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 not at all. And now comes the paradox. <laughs> I caught myself falling for you. Fall? Well, I can't believe that. Oh, yes, Mr. Martin. In those first few weeks, there were moments in the stock room when you could have swept me off my feet. Well, now I'm getting psychologically mixed up. Well, you see, I was a different girl then. I was very naive. <sighs> well, that's all forgotten now. Now, you go to your girlfriend and... Uh, by the way, is it serious? Oh, yes, yes, very. <laughs> we might both be engaged Monday morning. Yes, I think we will. <laughs> I don't want you to misunderstand. In my case, I say it, it just might happen. Well, as a matter of fact, I, I can tell you it will happen. How do you know? Uh... Well, I might as well tell you, I guess. Uh, he came to see me. Who? Your fiancé. What? He came last night. You you shouldn't have told him who I am. I, I spent a, a very uncomfortable hour. You see, he uh, he didn't believe it when you wrote him I meant nothing to you. I don't understand that coming to see you, it, it doesn't sound like him at all. Oh, well, don't worry about it. Uh, I straighten everything out. In a little while, you'll be Mrs. Popkin. Mrs. Popkin? Yes, that's, uh, that's his name, isn't it? That, that's what he told me. Huh? Oh, yes. 
Yes, Popkin, that's right. <laughs> Popkin. Yes, uh, oh, he's a nice fellow. I, uh, I congratulate you. Oh, thank you. I, I, I think he's a very attractive man, don't you? Uh, yes, for his type, I, I would say yes. Would you really classify him as a definite type? Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and don't you try to change him. Don't you dare put him on a diet. <gasps> oh. <laughs> you, you, would you call him fat? Uh, no, I wouldn't. But, well, that's a matter of opinion. Uh, personally, I think that little stomach of his gives him a nice, homey quality. <laughs> and uh, that's what you want in a husband, isn't it? Oh, yes, that's what I want. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought so. And, and you're right, too. If I were a girl, I had to choose between a young good-for-nothing with lots of hair and a, a fine, solid, mature citizen. I think I'd pick Matthias Popkin every time. Matthias? But he, don't you think he has a fine mind? Oh, didn't he impress you as being very witty? Well, he struck me as somewhat depressed. But it's unfair to judge a man when he's out of a job. Out of a job? Well, he never told me. He never took... Well, this shows how sensitive he is. But you, you have nothing to worry about. At least he feels you both can live very nicely on your salary. Did you tell him how much I make? Well, he's your fiancé, and he asked me. Oh. And let me tell you something else. Mentioning that bonus didn't do you any harm, either. Oh, I can't believe it. I never dreamed he was materialistic. Why, if you read his letters, such ideals, such a lofty point of view, it... Oh, this is horrible. Oh, I'm sorry you feel this way. I, I hate to think I spoiled your Christmas. I built up such an illusion about him. I thought he was perfect. Mm. And I had to be the one to destroy it. Well, that's all right. I, I, I really ought to thank you. Karen, if I'd known in the beginning how you really felt about me, things would have been different. We wouldn't have been fighting all the time. If we did, it wouldn't have been over handbags and suitcases, but something like, well, should your grandmother come and live with us or not. It's very sweet of you to try to cheer me up like this, but I think we'd better say good night. You have an engagement, and so have I, and uh, we shouldn't be late. Good night. No, oh, wait, wait a minute, wait. You know what I wish would happen? When your bell rings at 8.30 tonight, and you open, you open the door, and instead of Popkin, I come in. Oh, please, you're only making it more difficult. And I'd say to you, Karen, darling. Oh, please don't. Dearest, sweetheart, Karen. I can't stand it any longer. Please get your key. Open box 237. Take me out of my envelope and... Please kiss me. No. No, Mr. Martin, stop. I, you mustn't... What? What did you say? You... Oh! Dear friend, dear box 237. Oh! You... You are dear friend. Yes. Are you disappointed? Oh, no. Well, psychologically, I'm very confused, but... Uh, but personally, I don't feel bad at all. You... You wrote all those wonderful letters? Uh-huh. You... You like me? Oh, Karen, I love you. Oh, oh that night, the time you came to the restaurant, I was terribly rude to you, wasn't I? Oh. It was nothing at all. Yes, I was. Don't you remember why I called you bow-legged? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to prove that I wasn't. I was going to go out in the street and pull up my trouser legs. <laughs> well, would you mind very much if I asked you to pull them up now? Well, certainly not. Do you see? Oh, darling. <laughs> oh, darling, isn't it a wonderful, wonderful Christmas? 
Mr. DeMille will tell us about next week's play in just a moment. And Don Amici and Claudette Colbert will return to the microphone for their curtain calls. And now, I want to tell you about the strange case of the woman with one red hand. Sounds like the title of a mystery story, doesn't it? Well, it's really a true story. You see, not long ago, hundreds of women were going around with one hand harsh and red and ugly, the other hand smooth and lovely. The clue to this strange state of affairs was in a famous laboratory. Here is what happened. Two dishpans were placed in front of each woman. In one of the dishpans were Lux suds, in the other, suds from a different soap. The women dipped one hand in each of the dishpans and kept on doing this for 20 minutes three times a day. The conditions were similar to home dishwashing. Five popular soaps in all were tested. Well, at the end of the test, the Lux hands were still soft and smooth. But the others were so red and rough and chapped. As many of the women said, of course we knew Lux flakes are gentle, but we had no idea how much kinder they are to hands. Now, if you've been using a harsh soap for dishes, simply change to gentle new quick Lux flakes. See how much nicer your hands look, how they lose that embarrassing, unattractive dishpan look. The reason is simple. New Quick Lux has none of the harmful alkali that dries the natural oils of your skin. It's thrifty, too, and so fast. Yet New Quick Lux flakes come in the same familiar package, cost you no more. Buy that generous big box tomorrow and start giving your hands gentle Lux care. And now, here's Mr. DeMille with our stars. You can't beat good acting for good entertainment. That's why we wanted Claudette Colbert and Don Amici tonight. They're back at the footlights now. Thank you, C.B., Give one of your best salutes, Claudette. You did learn to salute while you were in the Army, didn't you? Well, certainly, Don. I'll match my salute against any top sergeant in the Army. <laughs> you know, C.B., Claudette was one of the gang from Hollywood to put on the show at the Army camps last week. Hollywood couldn't have had a more charming ambassador. What camps did you visit, Claudette? Two camps just north of here, mm -hmm. C.B. Camp Hunter Liggett and Fort Ord. How many did you have in the audience, Claudette? Oh, about 30,000 at Hunter Liggett and 20,000 at Fort Ord. Sounds as though Hollywood was a success with the Army, Claudette. And plans have been made to send entertainment to other camps, too. Well, C.B., I want to tell you, it was one, that whole trip was one of the biggest thrills I've ever had. I, I want to do it again soon and often, as often as the Army wants us. Yeah, and every actor in Hollywood is ready to help, Claudette. Uh, what have you got planned for Lux Radio Theater next week, C.B.? There'll be big doings around here next week, Don. And these two names will tell you what I mean. Cary Grant and Myrna Loy. They'll star in the play, I Love You Again adapted from Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's recent comedy hit. And we promise you that with Carrie and Myrna teamed as husband and wife, the pace never lets down. We'll also have Frank McHugh. So if you love a gay comedy, don't miss I Love You Again. Oh, C.B., that sounds wonderful. I'll be in the audience. Good night. Goodbye, C.B. No, 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 not goodbye. Not goodbye. We'll just say till we meet again to you two. Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday night when the Lux Radio Theater presents Myrna Loy and Cary Grant in I Love You Again with Frank McHugh. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood.
United Service Organizations, the huge civilian army behind our Army and Navy, are conducting a drive that should have the backing of every loyal American. There is a USO headquarters in your community. They'll be glad to tell you how you can help in this great work. Claudette Colbert will soon be seen in the Paramount picture, Skylark. Don Amici has just finished making the Paramount picture, Kiss the Boys Goodbye. Felix Bressart will soon be seen in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer picture, Blossoms in the Dust. The part of Mattercheck was played tonight by Leo Cleary. Also included in tonight's play were Fred Mackay as Harvey, Anne Tobin as Lily, B. Benaderet as Miss Baker, Charles Peck as Joey, Verna Felton as Shopper, and Lou Merrill, Arthur Q. Bryan, Ferdinand Munier, Jesse Arnold, and Bruce Payne. Our music is directed by Louis Silvers, and your announcer has been Melville Roick. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. In 1998, the play Parfumery was used once again as the inspiration for a screenplay, this time by Nora Ephron, which became the motion picture You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. In June 2004, Parfumery was produced for the first time as an English-language play by the Theatre Department of the University of Illinois, after James Burton Harris, the director of the department's Summerfest, found a translation of the original script in papers donated by Samuel Raffleson to the university. A new adaptation of the play by E. P. Dowdle, a nephew of Miklos Laszlo, premiered in December 2009 as The Perfume Shop at the Aslo Repertory Theater in Sarasota, Florida. Almost simultaneously, a script adapted by Adam Petal and Brenda Robbins was produced by the Soul Pepper Theater Company in Toronto. Actress Julie Andrews had originally been asked to play the lead role of Amalia on Broadway in 1963, but due to filming commitments, was unable to accept. She did, however, record two songs from the show in 1964 and maintained a keen interest in the property. In 1967, MGM, who had purchased screen rights to the show, announced plans to make She Loves Me with Julie Andrews as star and Harold Prince, who had directed the Broadway show, as a director. No formal announcement was made regarding the male lead, although Dick Van Dyke was strongly rumored to be a frontrunner. And Maurice Chevalier was also set to appear as the store owner, Mr. Marachek. After a year or two's delay, MGM announced a revised production schedule with the film set to commence shooting in 1969, this time with Julie's new husband, Blake Edwards, as director and Michael Kidd as choreographer. Later that same year, however, MGM changed ownership, and in a sweeping process of production downsizing, and with the box office failure of such big-budget Broadway-to-film musicals as Camelot, Finian's Rainbow, Sweet Charity, and Paint Your Wagon, She Loves Me, along with a raft of other big-ticket projects, was unfortunately scrapped. 
1979, She Loves Me made it to, at least, the small screen with an adaptation created for BBC television. That version is available to enjoy free on YouTube. She Loves Me was revived on Broadway in 1993 by the Roundabout Theatre Company, and again in 2016 for a limited run at Studio 54. Before we go, here's one more number from She Loves Me. across the country need your support now more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theatre today. Just go to porchlightmusictheatre.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio, I'm Michael Weber. <laughs>